Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. What do you think of my new intonation? Is, is that what you're doing from now on? It's my new bit. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's going to catch on. It's like it's like what Colt Cabana does with the studio apartment. Yeah. But I'm doing it with pod. <laughs> well, hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I think a lot of people's dogs just started barking in the background. Yep. Podcast. You can stop it now. I uh, I'm good. I went for dinner last night. You did with your sister. Yeah, uh, because she's just started a new job. Congratulations. And I we, we went to a Cuban restaurant. Mm. I was told that Cuban food ain't that great because communism. Yeah. Yeah, communism tip historically does not produce good cuisine because everyone's poor. <laughs> but. But like it's one of my favorite restaurants, delicious, and they that they had this dish, and it had this really long, extravagant name like Los Reches de Bushi de Holle. That's my mm-hmm. Cuban accent. Spot on. And I I ate it, and I was like, that was amazing. I asked the waiter, so what what does this mean? And he went, old rags. Nice. Old rags, because this is a peasant dish. <laughs> And they just that they would refer to all the strips of meat that no one wanted and was left over yeah. as the old rags. Nice. And they make a stew of it. Well, there you go. Yeah, but it was it, nice though. It was delicious. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, do you want to give them a shout out? I mean, it's free advertisement for them, I guess. But if you, I don't know the name of the place. What? I, were, I just walk there. You were there for like an hour though. It's the Cuban restaurant. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was stood up. My sister was an hour late. Mm. First job stuff. First day. The second day at the job stuff. Um, she's got a whole office to herself. What? Yeah, That's crazy. And it's kind of like obviously I love her and I want her to do well, but I don't want her to do too well. Yeah, because she's. I want to be better than would, her. Would you say you're more successful than she is? It depends how you count success. Mm. If you count uh, body hair growth, she's got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she's got this whole office with a, like, fine, I don't mind that. It's the fact that she's got a table, a circular table, room for four chairs to have meetings in her, separate to her own work desk. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, she can, can s- have people in to have meetings. That's it, yeah. If you could all come to my office, please, so we can have a meeting. 
Yeah, that does. That's like the sign of big business, right? I have to share my my office with you yeah, and wheel, Laurie and Randy. I have to wheel Randy. my chair around if you and I want to have a meeting. <sighs> and then Randy just like pops his head up anytime you say something that he might be able to get involved in. Mm. Yeah, he's he's keen. He is he's keen. keen. Uh, we got this email in from Cameron on the uh, the great clothing debate. Uh, that has been raging on this podcast uh, as of late. Do you want to catch people up? Well, in case they're new. Uh, well, okay. So I Luke bought... spends not enough money on clothes. That's not a... and okay, then so I... ha- has a go at people. I don't have a go at people. Does, I do. don't have a go at people. I think it is uh, ludicrous to spend a large amount of money on. If, if, if that's what you want to do, then that's your choice. But it's also my right to say that I think that's ludicrous. Uh, but this comes in from Cameron. My name is Karen, uh, Cameron, and I am from Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, I am passionate about... In the accent, please. I'm not doing the whole thing. Johannesburg? <laughs> Sorry? South African. <laughs> Do you want me yeah. to read it, mate? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Shalito <laughs> Copley. Diplomatic immunity. That's Diplomatic what you immunity. From lethal weapon. Yeah. Uh, I am passionate about clothing and, quote, high fashion. Mm. I also love rare shoes. And the most expensive shoes I own cost £300. Uh, I thought he was going to say more. Uh, my dream shoe costs £1,530. Although it's an ar- outrageous amount of money, the thought of one day owing- owning them is motivating. To each their own. I understand most people would never do it, but honestly makes me so happy. I'm glad these clothing brands exist. I hope one day I have my own clothing brand and I can walk down the street and seeing people wearing them. Hopefully it makes people as happy and as confident as other clothing brands make me. Thanks for the podcast. They got me through my A-level exams. Have a good day from Cameron in South Africa. I'd be terrified to wear that out of the house. Well, when I got my spider vans, the ones I spoke of on a previous podcast... I didn't actually want to because they were they were too nice, mm. and I was like, well, I don't want to ever wear these because it's raining. They're now a display shoe, and I, I don't want to get them wet. Yeah. So I'd rather spend less money on shoes that I don't mind getting messed up because then it doesn't matter. I mean, it rains a lot in this country anyway. Because what's the worth of investing in anything? Because it will just fall apart. <laughs> but it's crazy. That's the WWE fan in you. <laughs> But it's kind of crazy as well because we were talking about this on the, on the Discord channel. Go and join our Discord, obviously. That, um, like, if someone said to me, would you spend £130 on a pair of shoes? I would say, absolutely not. Like, that is an amount of money I would never spend on a pair of shoes. But I did once spend £130 on a 12-inch Jason Voorhees figure because it was the one that was missing from my collection and I wanted to complete it. And it was the rarest one to get. And I didn't mind spending that much money on completing my collection. You've got different interests. Yeah, it's just what it's just what you prioritize in life. I read uh, an article uh, many years ago and it was an interview with a custom shoemaker. Mm. And I never thought about I never thought about custom shoes, not like designs, but it's more built to your foot. Mm. And I just assumed you, you know, everyone just buys shoes from shops. But of course, really rich people have shoes that are made it's like ta- a tailored suit of course it's a completely different experience of wearing it to a, a just a, a suit bought off the shelf yeah and i've experienced both so i was like how how would that compare to my because these are quite comfy shoes but the guy said it's transformative of course he was selling his own I was service say, yeah. but i would i would say that the wrestle talk youtube channel is transformative yeah i i just i I've always had that in the back of my head. I think that's when I've really made it, when I've got my own 
custom-made fitted shoes. When I am a millionaire, which I don't think I'll ever will be, but if I ever was a millionaire, I would save so much money because I would never spend it on anything. Like my my wife and I once talked about like you know that uh, escape to the country, escape to the country, or escape to the chateau, or whatever yeah, it the, is. Yeah, the where, guy with the big bushy beard. Yeah, he was on Scrappy Challenge, and he and his wife like bought this big chateau in France. They actually, I think they spent less on that chateau than we did on our um, on mine and my wife's flat, more or less, because you know it's a different country and things like that. And then they spent an inordinate amount of money fixing it up and just completely renovating it and now they use it for like weddings or whatnot. and I think there's like 30 rooms or something and I remember I said to my wife I would never buy that place I would because there's too many rooms like I don't need 30 rooms I would rather if I had a million I would just rather buy the size of house that I just need but you could have all those rooms devoted to different interests <laughs> you could have the Godzilla room you could like just say if you've got a, a, a money isn't a concern. Yeah. You could have a room that's just arcade games. You could have another room that's just devoted to Sonic memorabilia. Right. Okay. So that would be two extra rooms than that I would need in a house. I but... have not exhausted your interest. <laughs> the Phoenix Wright room. Well, you could you just combine those all together, though, wouldn't you? Like and that would just be your den. And if anything, I would like that out, like just like a shed that I can go out to that's got its own heater or something like that. I don't need it to be part of the actual house itself. Like, That's very restrained. Yeah, uh, but the the great clothing debate continues. This comes in from Cody. We touched upon this yesterday. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. No shout out to Andy there at all. I have some input on this debate raging on the Saturday podcast. So in America, at different sizes, uh, at different stores, a size thirty six inch weight fits differently based on the store and how they manufacture their clothes. Yeah. For example, if I shop at a department store, a size thirty six may fit me perfectly, but if I go to a shop a with a more name brand store a size 36 might be a bit too tight or too loose depending on how they make the material. I have found that I have had to return various articles of clothing even though I've been a size 36 for years for whatever reason from certain stores from certain stores a size 36 doesn't fit. And then he says I hope this helps with some clarity. It doesn't because size 36 is that is 36 inches is a standard size right? No no no. That's, no, that's, no. Not, that's not debatable. It, but it... <laughs> Then it's not 36 inches. Like, if you have You're 36 getting hung inches up. and it's 35 inches, then it's a 35-inch waist, right? You're getting hung up on the numbers. <laughs> look, look, the, 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 the root of all this is you should try clothes on before you buy them. <laughs> Which is completely on me. And you're turning I'm, it round. I'm willing to admit you're that I'm turning wrong. it round that the whole world is wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm willing to admit that I am wrong. But 36 inches is not a debatable measure, right? Like that is, if you make 36 inch waist and it's actually 35, then it's not a 36 inch waist, is it? Like that's not that's not that's not correct. Mm. If it's 37, it's also not 36. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't we're getting. You're more angry that there isn't some standardised measuring process. There is a standard measuring thing. It's called the metric system. Yes. yes. Like we all have it. Yes. Uh, but the it just it just changed in the clothing industry. It just changes from shop to shop. This is something Ludicrous. that I've known about for my entire life. It isn't as shocking to me as it's coming I, to you. I know this exists as well. I just think it's so stupid. But it's the same way that, I mean, like, I, I hate the clothing industry anyway because 
I mean, perhaps you could call this a tinfoil hat moment, but the reason why women don't have pockets on their shoes is so they can fund the handbag industry. That's the only reason why women don't aren't allowed pockets on trousers. <laughs> you just said shoes. Did I? You said that's why they don't have pockets on their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you led into that. Oh, Wait, I don't want to sound like, like a conspiracy theorist. But there are no <laughs> pockets on shoes. Why are there no pockets on the shoes? Where do you put your keys? Should yeah. we get on with the show? Diggity, diggity, Why SmackDown is better than Raw? It's a controversial opinion. We're going to put ourselves out there. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Lou Cohen. Welcome to the SmackDown review edition of Wrestle Ramble. The comments. I know. The comments we're going to get for this video. The allegiances to Raw are so strong. We're get Everyone's so... so behind Raw being the better show. There's no Team SmackDown people out there. Nope. It will be like Advil and Ice comments and you guys are idiot comments because yeah, yeah. we are saying we are really taking some spicy takes here oh, yeah. controversially spicy takes you won't hear this opinion anywhere else absolutely not uh, we're being facetious it's widely regarded smackdown is the better show uh just just it's more enjoyable and that's not just because it's an hour shorter and easier to sit through it's because of weeks like this where the go-home shows are next week for Elimination Chamber. So what you have here is really a filler episode. You're just, you want to progress some stories, you want to have some fun matches, and you just set everything up for the big go-home angles to sell the pay-per-view next week. On Raw, it felt empty. There was no, it felt like there were no stars, despite Becky being on the show, who is a SmackDown wrestler, uh, Ronda Rousey, you had Stephanie McMahon out there. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Braun Strowman. So, but like, it just felt so sparse. But this episode of SmackDown was just, there was nothing newsworthy, headline-wise. Absolutely. It's not like EC3 debuted or Becky Lynch got suspended. None of the NXT call-ups were featured. Yeah, not even heavy machinery nope. in a four-way match. No, absolutely not. And But what it did have was just enjoyable stuff to pass the time, and it all effectively built what's going to happen next week. And it's just that it's this is an example of a filler episode. Filler episode sounds like a derogatory term. I guess like filler tracks yeah. on an album. Some 41, all killer, no filler. <laughs> but <laughs> Weezer's latest album, all filler tracks. I mean, I think it, I think that's generous to the idea of filler tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that also, this is low key, just one of the best episodes of SmackDown ever. It's, yeah, because it's it's, so, it's <laughs> fundamentals. It's just entertaining, right? That they didn't, apart from the Asuka stuff, they haven't done anything wrong. And it was just a pleasure to watch. I said in my review, because I gave this a, a low smacktastic. And the only reason I gave it a low smacktastic is because, I mean, nothing happened on the show. So you can't say, oh, it's a five out of five show, or it's like, it's a high smacktastic. God, there was so much to talk about. But at the same time, you can't give it any less than smacktastic because it was a really, really good show. And I, as I said in the review, the, the why SmackDown is such a watchable show is it is dripping in talent. The roster is so deep. Dripping, dripping. like EC3 with baby oil. Oh, man, no wonder Alexa Bliss yum, 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 is yum, just yum, 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 yum. so... She is as horny for EC3 as Otis is horny for her. 
it's just it is dripping with talent. It's got such a deep roster, not on the women's side, but such a deep roster that you can have a show where you don't have The Miz or Shane McMahon on the show. You don't have The Bar. You don't have like a sanity when we're granted them. The new stars. day. The new day, exactly. There are all of these guys and you're like, God, you probably could have featured them. You probably could have featured them. So we were saying it the other week, it's just like Randy. No Ray Mysterio. No. Or Andrade. Got a little bit, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 Right, he, he got a 30 second promo backstage mm. um, we were saying I can't remember which show we were talking about this on but like Randy Orton can miss five weeks of Smackdown and you're never like oh man Randy they are really in desperate need of Randy Orton here and then when Randy comes back you're like oh cool Randy's back it's from out of nowhere from out of nowhere usually. it's because they've got so this Smackdown roster is going to be gutted at the Superstar Shake Up absolutely <sighs> decimated <laughs> Because, and it's going to be they're going to take all of those guys and girls and put them on Raw and then Raw is going to give them Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and Apollo Crews and just all of these jabronis that they don't Heath Slater and Rhino that they don't need over there and be like well we need to put all these stars back on Raw I guess and it's exactly what happened in 2017. The 2016 SmackDown roster was so much better than Raw, and the product was so much better than Raw, so Raw was like, oh no, we need to bring all these guys over here. So in 2017, Raw was the better show. And it and, it, and there's all the 2018 draft, when all of a sudden SmackDown got all of the stars back again. I don't, yeah, I don't get how that, I still don't understand that draft. I don't, and SmackDown got all the stars again, and it's been the better show since. Yeah. So it, Raw next year, or Raw this year, rather, in theory, should be the better show again mm. because all these good people from SmackDown are just going to go over to the red brand. I, I must point out that the best, the better shows of SmackDown in these eras are better than the better episodes of Raw, yeah. in my opinion. Just because I think Raw, if it gets good talent, more often than not, is going to do something wrong with that talent. Whereas SmackDown does a much better job of doubling down on the talent's strengths. Like James Ellsworth is always the the most amazing example for me in that first 2016 run. SmackDown didn't have the best roster, but it's what they did with the talent they had that made them so good. That Styles Ambrose Ellsworth program was really inspired. Yeah, it was really good. Um, But the... Yes, yeah, so, and apparently a lot of that is to do with Ryan Ward. But then Road Dog got in, and it's of course all Road Dog's fault. It was all Road Dog's fault that it went. He's still the head writer, but it's still Road Dog's fault that SmackDown yeah. is the better show, I guess. Yeah, what well, we've been, we don't know what's going on really. We're yeah. just joking about Road Dog. But this, it, it is. I got such an attitude era, not in terms of tone, but just in terms of depth of talent in the main event of this week's episode of SmackDown because it's a match between Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan but throughout the entire show they've been bubbling away and building the six-man Elimination Chamber match and I th- I look back at like the last decade of Elimination Chamber matches and because you've got two men's matches usually on those pay-per-views it seems a little bit filled up Speaking of filler, like our truths in there. Our truth, the US champion wasn't on this show. You're absolutely right. Um, Askell wasn't. They well, they showed like <coughs> clips of the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And at one point, you can see Elias is in one of them, and I was like, when the hell was Elias yeah, yeah, in an yeah. Elimination Chamber match? So, I mean, Santino was, is one of the all-time great entries, though. So was it for the European Championship? Is that why Elias is there? So you've got, the Elimination Chamber. I feel isn't always as stacked as it could be, mm. but this. This year for the SmackDown one, you've got Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, uh, Mustafa Ali, who's the most exciting for me, and AJ Styles. 
And those guys have been deployed and presented so effectively. It's such a good balance. I said this last week. I prefer Randy and Jeff being in there than, say, an Andrade. Because I think it elevates everyone else, makes it seem like a bigger time match to the mainstream. So you've got this really good balance of talent. And the kind of the brilliant thing about SmackDown is that, as you said there, you, go, you could have put Andrade into that match and it still would have felt like a big deal. Similarly, there are so many other names that you could have said that could have also gone mm. to that match and you'd be like, A, they totally belong there, and B, I'm... I'm also just as excited for that match. I'm both members of the bar, for example. Like if you put Cesaro <laughs> in that match, if you put one, if you put Kofi or Xavier or Big E into that match, if you put Rusev or Shinsuke Nakamura, Nakamura into that match, geez, yeah. like there's so many guys on that roster that you could be like, yeah, totally, they could be in that WWE mm. Championship picture. And it's, it's just so stacked. And, and what I think is key is it's not just loads of guys. It's loads of guys who are presented really well and have very engaging characters like Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe are arguably three of the best characters and performers, like performances of their characters in the company at the mm -hmm. moment. And they're all in there. And you've got these six guys and they all hate each other. Yeah. And it's all over the WWE title. And seeing the main event. So the main event was this match between Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan. Nothing to write home about, but the finish was Hardy goes for the Swanton Bomb, hits it, but Rowan pulls him out just as the pin's going to happen. And then Bryan starts to lock in the bell lock on Hardy. But Samoa Joe runs in with this big grin on his face behind the, Bryan. The picture. I'm actually going to bring up the picture <laughs> that's on WWE.com because it's so good of yeah. like of the the face that Samoa Joe has the glee yeah of, of just being like oh I'm gonna kill you yeah. <laughs> and Joe locks that in and then like I think it's Randy who comes out next and then Ali jumps in from out of nowhere but Rowan takes him out AJ meanwhile is like I'm not coming out till you play my music yeah <laughs> yeah so look at that look at that Joe face he's like oh, oh yeah he's just like oh he doesn't know I'm here Oh, but this is the this is the face he thinks when he thinks about Wendy in my head. Ooh, Brian. Ooh, the bell lock. Yeah, it's not a kinky thing. No. It's a I'm gonna hurt you thing. Oh yeah. And maybe that is a kinky thing to Joe. But you all the all these six guys are brawling. AJ, I love how everyone else comes out normally just runs down. Mm. But Star's like, I'm not coming down to you, play my music. Oh, I'm a star? Mm. Can you play my music, please? Yeah. Uh but the, and then he comes down. He he runs wild really, and Brian runs off so smart keeping these two guys separate and they're not allowed to touch each other before ch the chamber is a great way to build the eventual match especially if brian's the last one to enter oh. and styles is just i want you know I want you've to gotta hope that brian's the last one in yeah because you've got all these little feuds here you've got brian and styles you've got a long running thing between randy and jeff uh, which I'm not so into. But then you've got the Samoa Joe Ali thing. So you've got those three distinct feuds that have been going on for a while. But now Randy's also got beef with Joe because Joe attacked him after his match with Ali. Yeah, and Ali had, the, like you said, the match with Randy. It's just everyone is feuding with everyone. I love it. Yeah, it's and that's why SmackDown's such a watchable show. It's just... And, and it's episodes like this. As you say, it's a filler episode. Not, like no major advancements were made in pretty much any story on SmackDown at the moment. 
But yet it still felt like, oh man, you've got to go out of your way to watch SmackDown this week. And just for that sort of main event picture. But even things like down in sort of the tag division where you've got a new team emerging with Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Next week you've announced that he's going to have a face-to-face between Miz and Shane McMahon and the Usos, which was then, you know, coupled with an Usos promo. In fact, the only thing that is lacking on SmackDown is a women's division. And that's because they put so much focus on Becky and Charlotte, quite rightly so, as the most over people you know, on that brand in terms of that division, that no one else feels special and or important. Asuka at the moment has no feud because there are no other women that mm. she can face because they're all inside the chamber. Yeah. It's only Charlotte. And you're not going to do Asuka Charlotte again because you probably don't want Charlotte to lose before WrestleMania. So at this point, it just feels like Asuka's not got a match at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, it's that. That's the only awkward part of all of SmackDown. I just, but just to end on a positive on the SmackDown, you started to look the negative. Oh no, 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 no. I, I wasn't being negative. <laughs> I wasn't being negative. Uh, is how uh, there's a title. There is a top title that is represented and on SmackDown every week. And I know that almost sounds like white noise criticism, like a broken not a broken record uh, point, but it it really is important. And shows like this communicate why that's why even though we weren't Roman Reigns fans uh, pre his leukemia diagnosis which we, we are now fans I think he's got a great character to come back with weirdly um, he him just having the title I think we were all really it's, pleased about that exactly it's particularly if it's a title that the person holding it wants to keep yeah like when Brock is champion as much as I, I don't mind Brock being champion because really for me the universal title means diddly dick anyway like it, it's not a title I'm like god I can't wait to see someone else take that away from Brock I'm kind of past that point now but when he has the title it's like he doesn't care that he has the title it's, it's not it's just a yeah. pro- it's a prop literally it is a prop to further a storyline but in on Smackdown the WWE Championship it feels like everyone wants to win that belt because winning that belt is the most important thing and then you've got Daniel Bryan who has this new heavyweight championship that he is that he's made that he's like it is so important that I keep hold of this belt and that makes the belt feel important and special and then everyone fighting for it feels important and special yeah they say uh, the man makes the title which is a large part of it but the men fighting for it also do that's why the NXT championship is so revered because it's gone from great type champion to great champion and you've always got a really good feud especially with (laughs) yeah especially with Champa and Gargano well not so much feuding over it at the moment but that whole storyline Champa being obsessed with it yeah it's great and how how Brian has made the title not just the title important because it's the top belt on SmackDown but also it now embodies all of his values that he fights for Yeah. Uh, no, no matter how heelishly so is is remarkable uh, so yeah this was an enjoyable episode of SmackDown Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And that we've got some Patreon shout-outs to do for our $25 pledge hammers. Ramble Club, the podcast where we discuss and try and guess 2018's top 10 Pornhub searches. Uh, the, the trends that, de- uh, the searches that defined 2018. Yeah, so plenty of fun there uh and but thank you for your support switchblade courtney summers oh yes Cheap pop time absolutely yes. one of our longest running oh, uh, backers courtney dot 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 dive dylan cachetta i yes. got too soon you did yeah they drew first blood not me grace rambo oh thank yes you, grace. Grace. thank you grace you sold out jay sellers boo. oh boo but also yay <laughs> jonathan the headmaster headman oh he's such he's, a master i feel like i got the cadence of that wrong the headmaster headmaster oh, I, I feel like i'm putting too much emphasis on the head i, d- I don't hear that's what she said yeah i uh, i don't hear the difference i'll be honest okay uh and finally stay hyped kyle Rowley. cut a promo Done. into a mirror yes Woo! but have the yes. camera look at you, so it looks like you're looking at the camera. You said SmackDown doesn't have a women's division, which is, it's, it really does, because you've got Becky Lynch, top star in the entire company. Mm-hmm. You've got Charlotte Flair. But she's going after a raw title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But on SmackDown, let's just say on SmackDown, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. you've got Charlotte Flair as well. And who's, you know, considered very big and really does have star presence. And you've got Asuka as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, those three are big enough to have a division. And if they're all feuding over the title, unfortunately, although it's the best thing for the company with Becky going after Ronda, it's not necessarily the best thing for the SmackDown Women's title. And it's not that they don't have a women's division. It's just that it's been... It's been mishandled, I would argue. I would also argue that they don't have a women's division that's that, that has enough people in it to kind of like call it a full division when their teams in the Elimination Chamber have just said, well, I'm in the chamber. Yes. Whereas Raw somehow has enough people to have qualifying matches. There's always going to be a Dana Brooke. 
There's always <laughs> going to be an Alicia Fox or a Mickey James and to then, eat those pins. And Raw's missing one, like because yeah. they don't have Ember Moon at the moment. Yeah. So they they had extra people that had to sit on the sidelines. Like the fact that Alexa Bliss and Mickey James are not in the chamber fighting for the title kind of feels like, wow, like they're a proper team. Like they should, mm. they should really be in this match. And yet here you've just got uh, Naomi and yeah. Carmella because literally they're the only people left. And they dance. They didn't dance together, though, did they? They should do. I think they did that. Oh, no, it was Lana and Naomi. (laughs) I can't eat. I don't even care. Uh, But the the SmackDown opened with the biggest star in the company. Well, it's Charlotte Flair came out first. Total babyface Charlotte (laughs) wearing all black and black lipstick. I I don't know how you're missing this. She's a babyface tweener. Are you still going by the she's a babyface? She's not even a tweener at this point. She is an out-and-out heel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there was a, definitely to one guy very near the microphone of the hard cam, it sounded, who who you could single, singularly hear. This wasn't an audience of boos. It was uh, just one guy going, boo, <laughs> when Charlotte came out. Anyway, she she replays the, well, the, the Stephanie angle and the knee injury stuff from the previous night. And Char- Charlotte says that she very sarcastically I hope that Wrestle uh, Becky's healthy for WrestleMania. Becky, yeah. Becky. She's like trying to like chick get the fans. To ch- She's essentially mocking the fans for liking Becky. Yeah, it was. I thought this was very well delivered. It oh. sounded like she went off script as well and improvised. Yeah. Oh, she had some great, great lines mm. when she was making fun of Becky doing her entrance. I actually, I thought Charlotte was awesome in this segment. I thought she was really, yeah. really great. And it's because, we've, as we've said probably since day dot, she's a wonderful heel. She is a very, very effective heel. She's a different kind of heel now as well than she was when she was Queen I'm Better Than Everyone heel, yeah. Charlotte. So it's nice that she's changed it up a bit. Like, she's not coming out in gowns and robes. It's no. just all black. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I see that you've written in your notes. Ollie still thinks she's a baby <laughs> face. Um, I wrote that there to make to remind myself to make that joke in the review. But then Charlotte says, "Well, you know, I if Becky can't make it, I could go to WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm fit and healthy." Points at the sign, and I thought, "Is something meant to happen here?" It went on for long, but there was a reason for it. It's because Becky starts make the suspended Becky starts making her way through the crowd from underneath the Wrestle Talk sign. Uh, Wrestle Talk WrestleMania. <laughs> Come on, let's make that happen. Someone bringing a sign big enough. I, and we don't say this often with WWE. This was really well staged. Oh, yeah. This was a wonderfully constructed sequence of events in which Charlotte's out there being all pompous and insincere about, oh, I hope Becky's going to be fine for WrestleMania. I'm fit and healthy, by the way. I just thought I would point that out there. And I suppose I could go to WrestleMania. She's pointing to the sign, so everyone looks up to the sign. And then Becky comes out from underneath it. And all of a sudden, you can see Charlotte's like, Oh, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. And so she instantly goes into defense. It's like, not only did you steal my father's nickname, you're now stealing Roman Reigns' entrance. It's a great line. That was really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then Triple H comes out and he he says, like, he's playing the good guy. He's like, Becky, you're suspended. You can we can lift the suspension if you just see a doctor. Triple H, I thought, was brilliant in this segment as well. I thought everyone yeah, yeah, was yeah. really, really great in this. And, and Charlotte still, while this is going on, Charlotte's still being, yeah, Becky's like rubbish. mocking the limp yeah, as well. Yeah, like, yeah. All my knee, all my knee. Yeah, and Triple H says, this doesn't concern you. Go to the back. And Charlotte's like, okay. She's, I thought he was basically talking about the WrestleMania main event. Of like, this does not concern you. <laughs> yeah, Why are yeah. you involved in this? 
Uh, but that, that, yeah, as Triple H, Triple H is like, okay, you've got to go, Becky. And he, he motions to leave. He's halfway out the ring. And Becky says, how's Stephanie? Well, she goes, is Stephanie oh, medically yeah. cleared? And then Triple H is just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he just unloaded on Becky yeah. with this fantastic promo. It was so good. I thought this whole segment was, and I really enjoyed the Stephanie Becky segment on Raw. This segment was five times better. It's, this was so good. It's because Triple H strikes the balance brilliantly of being a heel authority figure, but also like passionate wrestler and passionate mm. wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. And he just talks about, like, Becky's like, I, you know, I saw, should have seen this coming. You're a self-sabotager. Oh. Like, you wanted to have... Like, you keep saying you want these big matches, but as soon as they come round, you seem to find a reason not to do them. Or something along these lines. And, and it's and just really well. And he was like, you could go and get medically cleared, but you don't want to be medically cleared because you don't want to have Ronda Rousey embarrass you at WrestleMania. He was so, so good in this promo. Yeah. It's not only a great... Like, Triple H, obviously a great deliverer of promos... This was a terrific performance from him. The content of the promo and yeah. the character work that it did, just for like for Triple H positioning him against Becky, but also for Becky, because I never even thought about the self sabotage line. I just thought she was coming at it from like I've been. There's so many ways you can take Becky's character at the moment, all as a babyface, of course. But like she's actually deep down scared that she won't be medically cleared so she's lashing out mm-hmm. uh there's a conspiracy theory yeah which also checks out and now there's this self sabotage thing that she it's actually because she's scared of failure on a big stage yeah so i i just thought this was brilliant and triple h as well that the crowd start booing him and he tells them to shut up because it doesn't yeah. concern you either oh my it was so good and again that felt like a off the cuff thing and it was just Triple H almost getting frustrated with himself mm. because he's saying these things and he wants to be trying to support in these people. I thought it was really good. I see that you and I have made the exact same note, though, of when they were doing the intense terror. And I was like, just kiss already. Yeah, they were so, their faces were so close. But then Becky just like unbreaking looking at him, just slaps him across the face. And then they have an even more intense terror. I did see someone saying like, yeah, I don't really care about Becky and Ronda anymore. I want to see Becky versus Triple H at <laughs> WrestleMania. I did think, like, is Becky going to beat Triple H up here? Yeah. Nia Jax was beating up people in the Rumble. And the, and the fact that they made me believe it and I would believe in Becky doing it is just a testament to how well she's been booked. I, of course, I've, I've, we both have been very big fans of Becky's run. Uh, everyone is. Controversial but, opinions. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, the whole show has been full of them. But this was the first time where... I it my fandom went up another level of her in this segment where she she entered the CM Punk realm of like oh. I'm not just like I really love Becky it's like freaking out I want to be Becky <laughs> <laughs> which is which for me is like the next level of do obsession know, do you know how good Becky is as well and how much we're like all super behind Becky do you remember when John Cena used to get suspended and then he would show up a week later and everyone were like oh god John Cena could even take a week off yeah. and he has to be back on the show here it's less than four, less than 24 hours Becky's back and we're not going like oh god Becky just had to be on the show we're like oh good Becky's here I think that's because that criticism against John actually comes from a place of everyone wanted him to go away <laughs> exactly. whereas no one wants Becky to go exactly. away it's fine <laughs> Uh, this it, was far and away the best thing on the show. I thought it was so, yeah. so, so good. Yeah. As It feels like I'm a broken record when I say this, but it, every time that Becky is in the ring, it's the best thing on the show. 
she she's the best thing in the company. Yep, and uh, credit to WWE too. They're booking her in very yeah. good. Oh, segments. absolutely. Yeah, it took them a little while to get there, but they figured it out. And this is just—it's something they just cannot get wrong at the moment. Mm. There's always that worry with WWE that they can just—they overthink things too much. I'm thinking Brett versus Vince at WrestleMania, where they're like, oh. I mean, this, "This really books itself." But what if Brett's in a car accident? And you're like, "Oh no, where are you going? Where are you going?" <laughs> I. Uh, it's just people, sometimes people are like, "Hey, you sh- you shouldn't give the internet wrestling fans what they." I mean, everyone's got the internet now; it's an outdated term. But you shouldn't give the smarks what they want. They don't know what appeals to the mainstream. Look how much better it is when you do what we want. <laughs> and then Becky, like a complete badass, just slaps Triple H across the face. She's like, "Well, I've made my point, and I'm off." Oh, it's came, left the way she came in. I thought it was wonderful. Still, still suspended. Um. No real big headlines again. Nothing. I guess it was flashy, but it was just a really solid, really effective segment. I loved it. Yes. Next up, we got ad break. Come back. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are already in the ring. Jobber entrance for Of course they are. And uh, then we get the, the team of Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura come out. Of course, they're a sort of odd couple. Rusev doesn't trust Nakamura, but Rusev is also now a heel. So they're both on the same moral side. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't really think about this until Rusev talked about it in that Lillian Garcia podcast where he was talking about his very open frustrations he has with WWE and working there as a company and talked about like how this sort of amazing period he had as a babyface. But then just in an offhand, it was like, well, Vince just thinks I should be a heel. And you're like, of course Vince thinks you should be a heel. You're not American. So of course you have to be a heel. Yeah. And as soon as I read that, I was like, Oh, his heel turn makes so much sense now. Of of course. Yeah. Uh, the Lana's still got the Stormtrooper boot on. Yeah, I'll so, be honest. I didn't know she had it on last week. I thought she did. Or maybe have she it on. was limping. Yeah, I can't remember. But I, I, I hope they make a thing of this. Well, did you see their? Oh, I mean, I know you didn't. But did you see their YouTube uh, interview they did afterwards? They have. I know this has got to be something they translate through to TV because this could make this team really, really work. Neither of them speak English in their promos. So you've got like the off, it's probably Mike Rowe or whatever his name is, like asking Rusev a comment and he speaks in Bulgarian. Mm. And then it goes to Shinsuke Nakamura and he speaks in Japanese. And then Lana steps forward and translates for both of them. Lana knows Japanese now. Well, apparently so. Wow. What a, what a multi-talented lingual woman she and is. That, as, an, as a gimmick, is something that could really make this team pop. Mm. And it, it plays off of what Nakamura was doing in his heel run previously. Yeah. Uh, but this this match was nicely structured. Uh, Rusev sort of, he, he's showing that he doesn't fully trust Nakamura. He he stares him down when Nakamura tags him in, which causes a near a near fall off uh, Anderson, I think it was. Carl um, Anderson and Luke Gallows, they're so good. Yeah, so <laughs> underutilized on SmackDown. Like they they are victims of this stacked roster. Mm. There, were, there was a moment when Carl Anderson and Shinsuke Nakamura were in the ring, and I'm thinking 2016 G1 yeah. New Japan here, and I just thought, what's happened? <clears throat> or was it 2015? Like Whatever this, it was. this should be. This this is this is a great match that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Luke Gallows' hot tag was really cool as well. Uh, the crowd was so into them as well. Yeah. For an act that hasn't been on telly really for a year. Yeah, they got drafted to SmackDown and have done nothing since. Carl Anderson once took a running knee for AJ Styles. And they did have a short-lived feud with the Bludgeon Brothers. 
Carl Anderson pinned one. They had one. a pay-per-view match. Oh, a kickoff match. Carl Anderson pinned one of them on TV, I hey. think. Uh, but um, Nak is Nakamura's sent outside off this gallows hot tag, and it's Lana who kind of rouses Nakamura, gets him back in the ring to help Rusev to win the match. Yeah. And afterwards, they all celebrate in the ring, and, and Rusev's kind of begrudging respect yeah. of Nakamura. So yeah. Yeah, I think this is a team. The storyline to get them here is a bit muddied, and it doesn't. I mean, if you break it down, it doesn't make a whole mess of no, sense. No, no. But, mate, if you can make it work, you can make it work. This was this was a good next chapter in like it wasn't rushed they're, they're, they're brewing things nicely I agree the Rusev heel turn is where it all falls down because yeah. it's just it's got no underpinning nope. but everything else is ticking along nicely so cool then we've got a Mustafa Ali promo backstage how he might win the WWE title in the Elimination Chamber it's a possibility um, I was disappointed this wasn't one of his like outside in the cold promos which I, I thought were so much cooler yes yeah, because especially because it looks like that they had an Usos backstage promo sort of immediately after, really, and they looked in to be in the same place. <laughs> but Mustafa Ali having those separate things, which yeah. was so good, like it's 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 clips and it's him outside. It's much better. It is much better. Like this felt more stilted, mm. more WWE, if you will. Yeah, but it was still it was fine. It, it was, was just fine. not as good as it could have been. Exactly. Speaking of, <clears throat> page here. Page here. Good. Hope, you, oh. hope you've all missed me. I've got a film. Yeah, so this is just a backstage thing. She's kind of in a big armchair. At least she's not coming out in front of the crowds this time. That was more awkward. Yeah. This was less awkward. But then there was like her, her feed line into them rolling the trailer for Fighting With My Family, the new movie that's out on February 14th or whatever it is. She, she just goes, I think you'll find it very interesting. <laughs> Who writes that? Do you not think it's just the way that Paige talks? I can't think of that being the best line to introduce a trailer. Well, she also said it's a clip and it's a trailer, which means she didn't <laughs> even know what they were going to show. Uh, anyway, that was, that was whatever. Yeah. It's a thing that we're just going to have to deal with for the next week and a bit. Yeah, but, and then the film can come out and then she could just be off TV again, and I guess. And then she can go to AEW. <laughs> uh, then we got the Usos backstage promo. Just great. You know, the Usos are just great at promos. Yeah. And unique. It should be pointed out as well, I, I do want more for Paige. Mm. Like, it's not like I want her off TV. I would just, if she's going to be on TV, do something other than this, because yeah. this is not working. Um, yeah, I thought the Usos promo was great, and they will be on uh, McMiz TV <laughs> next week uh, for a special segment. That has potential to be awesome. Miz, great promo. Usos, great promo. Shane McMahon sweating. Shane McMahon there. Oh, could you imagine if they did a rap battle with Miz and Shane? Shane could be quite funny in in a rap battle, but then I said that about the bar, and that, <laughs> that didn't play out hey, too well. They sang Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, mm, yeah. and it was one. It was better than what the New Day did. It fell worse than flat. It fell. It fell hard. Oh, stop. It was like a, a bad. It was like a botched pile driver fall. Oh, I fell so completely flat. disagree. Uh, after that, we got the Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton match, which was just an, another thread in this larger six-man feud that culminated in the main event. That, of course, building towards a chamber, um, and this was really fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Ali didn't get an entrance, but that, that doesn't matter. Uh, Randy got an entrance. And an inset promo, because he's sick and sadistic. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not, 
don't do this very often on this show. I feel like I get a bit of a bad rap for my opinions on Randy Orton because a lot of our audience kind of grew up in that era when Randy Orton was on top. Ergo, they sort of perceive him to be a big star. Mm. It's this, you know, it's the same people who will defend the Spinner Championship being a nice design for a title, which it's not. Um, I thought Randy was terrific in this match because his offense when he was on top was really, really great. But his selling of Ali's comeback really put over Mustafa Ali's comeback. Ali's comeback was awesome already anyway, but Randy's selling of it made it even better. And I, are, I thought Orton did such a good job in getting Ali over here. Yeah, and there are a few really, really nice spots. I've written right at the start of this match in my notes, will Randy be in caring mode? <laughs> and the answer was yes. So it feels like they have sat down backstage and gone, okay, you can do this and I can do this and that will be smart and this will be interesting. We can maybe, if we have another match at the chamber, we'll play off that spot here. My favourite bit was when uh, Mustafa Ali goes up onto like the second rope. He's going to do his diving off uh, yep. a Tornado DDT move. And Randy Orton jumps to do the RKO, but Ali fakes the jump. Yeah. And then he goes back and actually hits the Tornado DDT. I thought that was terrific. And the finish. Oh, Holy yeah. heck into the finish. So Ali goes up to do the 0-5-4. Randy grabs him by the foot, yanks him, and hits an RKO as he's falling down. Yeah. It was nuts. That was a great... Was so good. That, I mean, it wasn't strictly from out of nowhere because there was a setup. Yeah. But... It was a great RKO. It's not quite um, Evan Bourne doing the Shooting Star Press mm. RKO, but it was still like, man alive, it looked wicked. Well, I've been thinking about this spot, and I think that the only way to top this is to hit it off the 450 yeah, splash. Yeah, the 54 yeah. Yeah, sorry, the 054. Uh, I'll get that right one day. <laughs> I did, well, well, that works. Yeah, Mustafa Ali would be... The, yeah, it'll, ha- it'll be difficult. Randy Orton would have to like be on the floor already in position mm. to kind of, and he'd, he'd have to land into his arms. And Ali would have to dive really high, yeah. jump really high, I guess. Dot 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 dive. Um, yeah, I thought this was really, and Ali got a heck of a black eye uh, during the match as well. Heck of a black eye. Yeah, I thought the, he was just winking at me, but yeah, the backstage photos that he's posted up. Woof. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that was from. And there was uh, another really nice oh, spot. Don't, don't say that. That's all the comments are going to be now. Is everyone pointing <laughs> out where the spot is? Uh, there was the backdrop. They're helpful. That's <laughs> helpful. They don't know everyone else is also helping us. It's just, uh, just <laughs> take it as a mass of help. Yeah, that's nine, all that's happening. Ninety-eight percent of the it's, comments just it's being well-intentioned up. help. <laughs> And uh, so Orton goes to do his usual Sing Brother death move yep. Where he chucks them onto the announcer's table He hits that first time round Goes to do it again Ali flips out of it and That was the start of his comeback I, I really like that The dive he did over the Because you, you almost expect yeah, him to yeah. use the table as like a leapfrog But instead he just launches himself over the table into. I thought it was tremendous mm. I'm a big, big <clears> fan of Mustafa Ali I'm a big, big fan of this character that he's got I think a win might help him because he's, I don't think he's had a win all year. And he, he, yeah, he got he got the wins in the early stages, pinning Brian in that tag match. Yeah, but this is, I, I yeah, a win soon because he is taking a lot of pins. But I I don't feel like it's hurting him. Still, he's, no. he's mixing it up with a caliber of wrestler that that is perceived to be so much higher than him that it's he should lose these matches. And if he did win, it should be a roll up a cheeky win thing there. I just don't want Ali to fall into the this WWE mindset. That yes, they, they kind yeah. of they've convinced themselves that the reason Daniel Bryan got over in the first place is because they just kept beating him all the time. Mm. When 
the truth of it is he got over in spite of that booking yeah that is the danger yeah and it really like seeing what's happening now it really does make me question the Nia Jax eliminating him well yeah because yeah she eliminated him and then Randy Orton made fun of him last week for being eliminated Mm -hmm. by a woman so it's not like they've used that spot to elevate Ali if anything they've used that spot to just take him down a peg or two like if you're really doing proper thought out booking Randy Orton should have eliminated Ali. Yeah. Because you're you had this match here, you build to the chamber match. It makes so much more sense. Right. Uh, but I, I so after the RKO, Randy's pinned him. He's standing up. There was a really nice, subtle look from Orton at Ali's corpse, <laughs> uh, just being like, "Huh, okay." Yeah. Like, ah, you've uh, you took you took took it to me there. I'm impressed, kiddo. I can't gonna, wait to fight again. I'm gonna. I can't wait to poop in your bag. Yeah, I'm gonna Allegedly. put my finger in your earlobe <laughs> if you have a piercing. But then Samoa Joe from legit out of nowhere got the Kikina clutch on Orton, uh, gimmick infringement, and then he took out Ali too. So really nice building of just these six guys all against each other, and Joe just loves jumping out of nowhere and whacking on those Kikina clutches. Well, he likes to show the he can lock that in from out of nowhere and stand tall at the end of it mm. and he just walks away looking really really pleased as punch with himself and Daniel Bryan comes out and he's just like oh brilliant someone else I could put the clutch on and then but big red Eric Rowan steps in the way Bryan has a wonderful promo later on in this show about Eric Rowan and his relationship with him that I might I might have read <coughs> too much into but we'll, we'll come on to that okay yeah so that that was a really nice just crashing from one segment into the other. So you've got the match, then the Joe beatdown angle. Joe walks out. Brian comes out. Stare down. Rowan backs up Brian. Joe's like, okay, maybe not today. Walks off straight into Brian in-ring promo segment. It was really smooth. And just like all that star power, especially Rowan, just compare that's more than anything had on Raw for the entire three hours. Uh, So then we get a terrific promo from Daniel Bryan in the ring off the back of this. And what's remarkable about this is he's in his home state of Washington. Mm -hmm. He's a babyface there, and he doubles down on it. Yep. He could have easily, like, if they wanted to get Brian heel heat in this segment, they could have been very easy. Brian just didn't cut a promo and just allowed Eric Rowan to cut the entire promo for him, Mm. and that would have generated some heel heat for him. But that's not what they went for here. Brian came out and was just a babyface and was like, so I'm going to be a babyface for this specific area here. It's like Bret Hart in Canada. It's like, you're all on my intellectual level. You all know (laughs) that what I'm doing is right. And everyone's going, hey! Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 you are right. And there's even a guy cosplaying as Daniel Bryan in the front row dressed like Luke wearing <laughs> wearing the the the, the, wooden the cardboard wooden yeah. championship yeah so it was just it was and he was introduced as Washington's favorite son yeah. immediately again on the baby face pop it's great cuz just when you think they're going to zig like Brian just cuts heel promos no matter where he goes if it's his home state or whatever they zag yeah and really smartly i guess that's the best thing to do you go with the crowd reaction rather than against it uh, i i thought this was a really smart way and a really like surprising way it's nice to go huh I didn't expect that yeah and it was still really good yeah I loved it just coming out and saying like finally I get to speak to speak to people who understand what I'm mm. trying to do I thought it was a great great and it, it you know that is something we're going to be saying a lot I think 
throughout the, the rest of this year as we did towards the end of last year Daniel Bryan is a great promo yeah. and he, he's really nailing this character yeah uh, and the the way he gets around still having to cut a heel promo is like I'm sorry though Washington I'm also speaking to a global audience here yeah. so I've got to educate them on it it was, it was masterfully done I like when Eric Rowan <coughs> Rowan cut a promo I can't tell you a thing that he uh, said it's though. a shame he spoke yeah it's, it's a very mumbly it's not Ronda Rousey levels of mumble but it's just like and the crowd were chanting what but Daniel Bryan's just like please don't watch my good friend Rowan yeah that Which was, I that was, was really great uh, yeah Rowan really should just be the silent monster here I, I don't think he needed to talk at all no uh, so that's the only thing I'd change also there's actually another bit I would change so Brian starts talking so negative Brian starts talking about how he was never the company's top plan like he he won this championship they don't want him to be champion and now they're making me defend my belt in the unfair elimination chamber match. So after saying, you know, I'm, I'm an anti-authority champion at the moment, I don't like the, the people in control, I'm going to do their bidding for them and introduce this video package for you all to see how horrible the elimination chamber structure is. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, that yeah, it's just, it should just be the announcer's job, that. And then Brian and Roan leave for the Hardy match later on. We got a Hardy promo. Cuts backstage. He was watching that. Yeah, he said that uh, he's going to shut Daniel Bryan out late tonight. And he is he's disgusted with what Daniel Bryan has done to the legacy of the WWE Championship. I was like, mate, you had the spinner belt. Yeah. Like, that That was destructive to the legacy of that title. You have so many DUIs. <laughs> Do you not remember your purple title in TNA? Yeah. Like, you have had a litany of ugly-looking belts. Yeah. This is lovely, this belt. But then AJ Styles walks in and they have a little uh, a little argue. I've said they're going to settle it in the table here. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Hardy said he's going to settle it in the chamber. Yep. Or he said settle it in the table. They might table for three. I just sit down know and just why have I wrote like, table there. You know, just not mince their words. It's just have even, mince meat instead. It's not even close. No, it's not. I did like uh, Jeff's line, though, where he said that uh, if the old AJ Styles could have beaten the new Daniel Bryan, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Mm. So that was a nice little line. Uh, after this, we got the women's division. So it really was all the SmackDown women standing in a ring. Carmella and Naomi, who are a tag team now, I guess. They versus have the to Iconics. Be. They're the only two left that can go mm. into the chambers. They have to be a team. Uh, the Iconics and Rose and Deville, who are, who are, to their credit, both tag team acts. And they've got a name now. They, they oh, I missed that. Yeah, they've announced their new tag team name. Fire and Desire is their new tag team name. And I believe Carmella and Naomi are calling themselves Fabulous Glow, which is just so uninspiring. It's abhorrent. I, so I, I think we've talked about this before, how we think they're sowing very subtle seeds for Sonya to eventually turn on Mandy uh, as a baby face. Yeah. Like, Sonya has enough of Mandy Rose getting all the attention. It's like, I'm going to rise they, up. They were doing this storyline months and months ago mm. and then just dropped it yeah or maybe you know that what one man's drop is another man's long-term storyline <laughs> uh and what happened here is they both got mandy rose's entrance music when they came out and the style of her entrance which is the vaseline over the lens apart mm. from mandy rose and it had the effect of mandy rose comes out in full hd and sonia deville was blurred <laughs> Like she was censored, like she was Chris Benoit in a WrestleMania <laughs> Network match. Like it's, it was just, um, 
it was yeah. So I don't know if Sonya is going to eventually go. Hey, mate, you're overshadowing me. You might have found more of this quote long-term storytelling. Hey, in four years' time, they'll call back to that clip. Oh yeah, like the whole tough enough thing with Naomi. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, Naomi, they they cut an inset promo. Uh, they they announced themselves for the chamber, but more they wanted to talk about the the Mandy Rose uh, promo from last week, saying that it's a lame excuse for why you want to hate me, um, or you know something along those lines. I thought the iconics promo was weirder though because mm. the the Iconics promo was from a WWE.com interview and they weren't the Iconics they were like the wrestler uh, the, the wrestlers themselves out of character talking about how they've worked so hard to get to this point it was a super serious promo which was really different when they come back and they're just goofing around pointing at each other doing the little thing coming out to absolute crickets as well because no one cares about the Iconics which is such a shame because they are tremendous yeah, it was that. It's that WWE.com continuity, yeah. which I, you know, I kind of prefer. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it jars with what's presented in the actual show. Uh, I've written here. Has everyone forgotten about Asuka? Just that this is when I kind of realised. What? Where's Asuka? Yeah, it was when I, when they showed the video package for Asuka. I was like, oh, she's she's not having a match at Elimination Chamber mm. unless they announce one next week, and it's Kyrie Sane. They haven't got a a, a match laid yeah. up set up for her. Uh, they have a shrink screen ad break here, so most of the match was ad break. When they come back, though, there was a really nice a sort of blood feud bit between Naomi. Uh, she's beating up Sonya, and she just throws Sonya into Mandy, which tags in Mandy Rose. Yeah, that, that whole match was really built around this sort of tension between Naomi and Mandy, which I thought they set up really, really yeah. nicely, of like Mandy beating down Carmella or whoever it is in the ring, and then as soon as Naomi would tag in, she would find a way to, to tag back out. And eventually, Naomi's sort of like running wild, but she gets caught by a sort of like Peyton Royce distraction, more or less, and that allows Mandy to hit the implant buster and get the win. So... Still continuing that storyline. It's not a storyline I'm invested in, but hey, this was a nice little step in that storyline. Thumbs up for that. Mm. What I really liked was how the crowd reacted yeah. to when Mandy realised she had to get in the ring with Naomi. Oh, finally. totally. Like, I'm in the minority of not yeah. really being invested in the storyline. I think the wider audience is really invested in what they've done here. Yeah, I, I mean, I do, yeah, I don't care for the storyline, but I, I like when storylines are not dropped yep. and they follow along logically. I, I much prefer that than just... Nia Jax is a heel now. Yeah. Elias is a heel now. Yeah, yeah, t- absolutely. Uh, also, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Sonia when she was doing her promo backstage. She was talking about, like, oh, Naomi and Carmella, they're rubbish. We're going to beat them up in the chamber. And the Iconics, well, they are quite funny and they do make me laugh, but they're not going to be laughing inside the chamber. I thought that was good. Sonia's great. Sonia is great. And then we got a quick Andrade promo, which was a, l- a few lines from him. And then Zelina Vega said how he didn't want to beat up Rey Mysterio last week, but he had to. Yeah. So just another example of how stacked SmackDown is. Stacked down, they should call Oh, that. nice. There Pumaster, it is. Her master comes in. <laughs> uh, that's like uh, Laurie Blake just walked into this room. That Mysterio and Andrade can't, like, aren't really featured on this show. And you don't. You do miss them, but not like the show's Falls quality apart. doesn't Yeah, miss exactly. Them. Like we said with Raw, as soon as you haven't got Seth Rollins, the whole show fell apart. Mm. But then, unfortunately, the final thing we'll talk about, because we've already covered the main event, is this Asuka video package that played before the main event. It was a really good video package. Yeah. It made it look like May to November 2018 never happened. Absolutely not. But it's not where Asuka should be 
considering the momentum she had coming off winning the belt and then successful. Like, she beat Becky Lynch. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, she got a clean victory over Becky Lynch at Royal Rumble, and nothing has been built from that. Like, why isn't Asuka at least squaring up to Becky backstage or or something like that? Or just featured on the show in some capacity. It's good, you know, all the other women are in the chamber, so they've got no one for her to face. Mm. Uh, Which is... It's not like she can't be out there scouting that match. No. I get, there, there, there's so many ways she could have featured. Yeah. I think having her on the sh- show would have been better than just a video package. I completely agree. Last thing a I want to... A squash match, sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 just a have a squash match. match. Yeah. yeah, it's not like WWE don't have access to talents, like enhancement talent they mm. can bring up from NXT that she can just squash. Well, AEW have actually signed everyone. Oh, is that what the yeah, problem yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Everyone who's not yeah. on SmackDown. You always talk about AEW. You can't stop talking about them, can you? It's all your news is about. Um, yeah, last thing I want to talk about is Brian, he cut this backstage promo after the sort of like melee and madness. And this is where my fancy booking and possibly reading too much comes into okay, play. Okay. Because he's talking about that he won that match. It, Eric Rowan didn't interfere in that match. Those other guys, they interfered in my <laughs> match. And he's like, Eric Rowan's not my bodyguard. He's my intellectual, like, he's just, he's on the same intellectual level as me, which I, I think is wonderful. And then he has this moment when he was like, no one understands this but me and Rowan. And then he pauses, and it's a long pause. And it's almost like you can see the clockwork, like the, the, the cogs going round of being like, no, there's someone else. And he's looking to find more backup because there are, you know, five other people gunning for his title. Luke Harper return. That's all I'm saying, mate. Oh, it gets me going. Uh, Yeah, I I think that's, I I would love that. I think that's a great way to set it up as well, if that's the case. Uh, I've also written down just the way he drops in intellectual peer <laughs> is it's such a clunky phrase, I know. but he, he makes it work <laughs> and kind of this. Yeah. It's like your annoying mate. who always says your, your full name. Oh, how's it going, Oliver Davis? Like, just call me Ollie. <laughs> but it's it's annoying, but it's it's also funny. Uh, I he says he'll be champion forever yeah. as well. I, he, he believed it and I believed in him and it made me want to see the chamber match. Excellent promo. Because, yeah, Brian, great delivery, but his promos, more often than not, make me want to see the match that I eventually have to pay for, which is the key. And the great thing about this show and how good this show was and how much fun it was to watch is that this would have been the point where you and I would have made fun that clearly the show ran short. Oh, yes. They had to cut back to AJ Styles and someone on camera going like, will you do a celebrate so that we can just show you doing something rather than just stand in the ring? Because it did feel like the show ran short and they were like, oh, no. Cut, cut a promo, Brian. Yeah, just uh, cut a pro- Oh, quick! Cut back to AJ. Uh, do something, anything. But that's, it was. Uh, but it didn't bother me in the slightest. No, that's why Brian's so good. Like yeah. this was probably. Oh, we've run about two minutes short. Can you cut a sixty-second promo? And Brian's like, "Yes." And I'm going to set up this, <laughs> this Luke Harper return with a pause. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, brilliant. Well, that's uh, that's all our thoughts. I I would. Get, I mean, to be honest, I said it to you, and I stand by it. For a week-to-week show. This is five out of five. This is what it's... Um, that's a weird way to say it. This is the most five out of five, three out of five show I've ever seen. Oh, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with I that. I love yeah. consistency. This is really... This is the quality weekly TV should be all the time. Like, this should... And then, like, a really good episode would be one with, like, a proper really good match on. And then a five out of five would be an all-time amazing angle. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah this i mean this 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 was this was brilliant i, I love this episode you gave it four out of five four out of five yeah i would give it four out of five on the calibrated wwe that, scale absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. you got it it's got to be a sliding scale if this was raw if this was the raw scale it's a six out of five yeah it yeah. really was Oh, Where me. would he put a pocket on a shoe? Well, on the side, obviously, right? Not, well, that, that makes the most sense to put on the side. You wouldn't put it in like a secret compartment in the heel? Because the heel, you're dealing with dead space there. That's just elevation. Yeah, but that surely would just like expand out the, the back of the heel, right? Like if you were to put a wallet in No, there, no, I mean like, so So here's my heel here. Oh, I just I open up mean, the heel yeah. or maybe I slide it open I and then there's mean, a yeah. storage compartment. Like a James Bond shoe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When you said heel, I thought the back of a shoe. Mm. Is that still the heel? Um, I mean, it's widely... That is the heel of the but, shoe. I mean, this bit here. No, I, I don't know what... The sh shoemakers probably have a name for it. Yeah. But that is the bit that elevates the back of your... The yeah, back yeah. of your foot is called the heel. That makes more sense. Yeah. I, uh... I was rewatching the Becky Lynch. Oh, it was it was on the SmackDown replay. Uh, the the, be the 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 Becky Lynch Stephanie McMahon beatdown bit, and the Stephanie McMahon slow motion lashes out at mm. Becky Lynch's knee. Great kick. Great kick. And she was wearing massive heels. And I saw that, and I was like, "There's a freaking heel turn joke right there," and I missed it. I was angry with myself. <laughs> Well, speaking of being angry with yourself, this comes in from uh, Paul. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Black History Month is every February in the US. <laughs> it is recognized by the school system and just about everywhere here. Just thought you should know. I know it's a weird thing, but it's an American thing. That's from Paul. Yeah, I, I, I was messaged uh, by two people on Twitter as well, being also trying to explain to me what Black History Month is. That's not your problem. That's not my problem. I just think it's, it's just a, coming from a country that doesn't really... Well, apparently they do a bit now, but mm. when we were growing up, you wouldn't have themed months that much. Uh, and it was more, you wouldn't have entire, like shows that have nothing to do with something, unless they're a magazine-based show, you would never really have segments promoting stuff that's just, that isn't to sell a product. It's the, th it's the sort of thing that the one show would do. Yeah, but it's a that's, magazine But that's show. about it. But that's because they have no content. <laughs> and they've just got to look to things to... Uh, a, we, we strapped a, a camera to a pigeon last week, yep. and now we're going to talk about pigeons for 20 minutes with this pigeon expert. Phil Jupiter's visited a tortoise sanctuary. Yeah. How's it going, Phil? I hate that show. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And just... It's not, it's not... I've got nothing against black history. I've got nothing against... Black History Month being a thing in schools, uh, I I just I, I just don't get why it's in a wrestling show. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite of this is when you got really hot because they did a whole video on Jennifer Lopez uh, for Hispanic History Month. Yeah, on a wrestling show. Yeah, I just uh, look if you're gonna do this, do it on your rich tradition of Latino stars that have wrestled for you. Do it on African American wrestlers. Yeah, so I I just think it's a little bit stupid. On so many levels, mm -hmm. um, but please don't take that as that I think Black History is stupid because that is, of course, not the case. No. I am not Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you made a Liam Neeson joke on yesterday. I am. Um, yeah. I yeah. Well, we hadn't read the interview. No. By that point. No. 
Um, uh, do you want a couple of Rusev Hayes before we get out of here? Rusev Hayes. Uh, this one comes in from Scott. Hello and a good day to you, Ollie, Luke, and El Fakedor. Brackets, but most certainly not Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie. I laughed into my water bottle. <laughs> if you wonder what that weird sound was. Uh, I have a Rusev Hay for you guys uh, that I'm sure you'll enjoy as it involves my, uh, your favourite member of the New Day and mine, Xavier Woods. Legend. Although, I think he'd be exhausting in real life. You said this on Ramble Club. Yeah. If you said, like, if you wanted to be part of um, uh, a D&D campaign. Yeah, I just think he's, he, he's very high energy and I think that'll be fun in a large group of people. Uh, but I'll just get a bit like, oh, God, I'm, I'm a bit tired of this now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was December 22nd. Uh, I went into Run DMC's um, Christmas and Hollis there. Uh, of 2018, and I was out doing some last-minute shopping with my girlfriend in a nice little spot called Marietta Square. Shout out to Cody. Hashtag AEW. Uh, everything was decorated for the holidays and I was having a lovely time with my lady partner bouncing around the different shops trying to find a few last minute gifts when who crossed my path but an extremely well dressed Xavier Woods Mm. he was entering an Italian restaurant in a sharp black suit with what appeared to be a wedding party and he seemed chummy with them and full of good cheer we walked past him just a few inches away and thankfully I played it cool even though I'm a huge mark I didn't want to interrupt his private time celebrating with his friends bracket especially on their wedding day close brackets still I thought I would reach out to him and say hi as I follow him on Instagram and lo and behold he got back to me just a few hours later what a nice chap and attached is a screenshot of the message as proof uh, I hope you all enjoyed this and major props to Ollie for mentioning Green Lantern Rebirth on Ramble Club yes. as this was the first series that really got me into DC as well Brackets, though Identity Crisis was a wonderful first introduction to the DC Universe 2. Close brackets. I, I would ask you which of the Lantern Corps is your Lantern Corps is your favourite, and which do you think yourself would join? Cheers and thanks for the consistent consistency from a loyal pledge hammer and pod swafter, D. Scott Howard. Let's have a look at this this proof. Uh, so he's got it here. Xavier Woods, PhD, uh, sent a message going like, yo, WWE fan here, saw you, blah, blah, blah. And Xavier Woods messaged back saying, yeah, my friend, just got hitched. Thanks for being cool, man. Have a great holiday. Ah, what a great guy. What a nice guy. Um, I mean, also, though, he's at a wedding party. Why is he checking his Instagram messages? Well, can you imagine all the messages that Xavier Woods gets? Bing, bing, bing. Oh, man. Turn he... up. But his DMs are open, famously. Are they really? That's what he said in a promo three years ago oh cool well yeah. remembered you remember really weird details about WWE so do you remember weird stuff <laughs> uh, what were the other questions Green Lantern yeah which uh, which Lantern Corps would you join mm. well obviously the Green Lanterns uh, yeah, Orange is let me see if I can do this Orange has only got one guy because that's Avarice and he's greedy and he sort of killed all the other ones I'm not an angry person really uh, so I wouldn't get on with the red core. Uh, there's the blue, the blue lanterns. They're pretty zen, um, but they're also a bit boring. They're, 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 they, I think I get bored hanging out with them. The star sapphires are smoking, but they're also all ladies, so I wouldn't be able to join that. Oh, Wonder Rolly might though. Yeah. Um, and then what? Are the, what are the other? T- oh, the yellow, of course, Sinestro core. Um, I'm not. I'm not into the whole ruling by fear game. And what's the seventh? Crap. Purple. Is there a purple? I've got a Scooby Doo, mate. What's a purple do? I've got a Scooby Doo, mate. 
I'm making that up. I'm just saying colours. This is like yesterday when Datsun asked me a question about Harry Potter, and I, I just said a word that I knew from the Potterverse, and it managed to be the right answer. He was so happy. He was like, I've got a friend who likes Harry <laughs> Potter now. Uh, but yes, uh, one, right? I, obviously green. They're the best. It is It is quite a, a classic answer, though. Yeah. Can I give a shout-out to uh, Becky absolutely Dunn? Absolutely you can. Because this made my lady partner so happy. Uh, Becky Dunn tweeted us that she's named her kittens Luke and Wonderolly. Oh, they're so nice. Apparently, uh, her, her stepdaughter helped. And then she's called them hashtag Jellybean1 and Jellybean2. I don't know if that's the cats or us. But look at the little kittens. Yeah. Oh, he's got a little pink paw on. You I do need, like cats, don't I you? I love cats. Uh, I really want one. I re- we might. I'm, I'm also deathly allergic. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> my my mum and dad just didn't care about that fact, nope. though, because we had a cat for <laughs> 10 years when I grew up. Uh, but So I, I'm like... Was I just what was I ill a lot as a kid? My mum was like, "Yeah, you're in and out of uh, like always having colds and stuff." I was like, hmm. hmm. Maybe it was the cat that I was allergic to. But you can get hypoallergenic cats, which are natural. Don't worry, they're not bred that way. Well, I guess they kind of are because they are a breed, but they're not chemically bred that way. I might get a cat after I run the marathon. I was going to say you did break because this uh, office that we're in is a pet-friendly office. And that made my wife very excited because that's the sole reason we're not allowed to get a dog at the moment is because we'll never be home in order to look after it. And when I told her that it was a pet friendly office, she got very excited because, hey, I can always just take the dog to work and then bring it home. And that would be. And then Laurie got very excited because he bloody loves dogs. And then you drop that bombshell like Power Man 5000 that um, you cannot have a dog in the office because you're allergic to them. Oh, yeah. But is there not such a thing as a hypo what's a bajigger uh, dog? Uh, I I haven't researched that. I don't know. Mm. So, But if there was a dog, would you allow it in the office? Probably not. I think it would be distracting. And, uh, That's distracting you enough. famously hate dogs. I don't hate dogs. <laughs> I'm just not keen on them. Uh, but I do love my wife. I So... There's also wet dogs smell bad. Oh, don't they just? And I wouldn't I want think, the I office to smell of dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so you've got that nice thing. diffuser thing. Yeah. That people keep sort of knocking the water out of. Yeah, I'm going to move that because people <laughs> do. It's quite clear. It's got a light round it. Yeah, but it doesn't look like you can't pick it up. It's full of water. But they don't know that. Mm. Like, to look at it. Why do people keep picking it up? To look at it. Why would you, you can look at it when it's on the stand? Because it's too low down. <laughs> and it doesn't look like the sort of thing that you can't pick up. I just don't get why. When I bought it to make the office smell nice, I didn't think ever. Like, I thought, oh, maybe the water will spill on the the, the electrics. Maybe yeah. it will malfunction. I never thought the main problem with this diffuser was going to be people picking it up and then water spilling out the side. I just want to say I've never picked it up. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know. I'm the exception, not the rule. Uh, and it, right, let's have a quick joke before we get out of here. Um, I believe uh, Bernie sent us these uh, twice. So that we have read one of them out, but I will do this one as well. Um, what did Hulk Hogan say to the craftsman? What's you going to glue, brother? I, I, I think the ones that are quite clearly made up mm-hmm. by the person sending them in are better. Because I don't think that's... That's no. That that's definitely that's a, not circling that, around. That's like an Adam and Joe yeah. made up joke. 
Uh, this one comes in from Took. Uh, seeing that it's currently winter, I was wondering uh, what you guys used to scrape the ice off your windshield in the morning. I tried to use a discount card I found in my wallet. It didn't work. I only got 20% off. <laughs> Thanks for all the consistent content. Um, that was a good setup. That was a good setup. It's very conversational and labored. That's how I like them. Um, uh, oh, here's, here's a bit of a saucy one to end on, though. Uh, from Darren, why shouldn't Daniel Bryan be vegan? Because he loves the taste of brie. That is all we have got time for on that's this. That's good. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a that's a well thought out joke. Yeah. Well done, Darren. Um, that is all you, we've got. Time but you've got a filthy mind. <laughs> we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review. Not with Ollie Davis, of course. He's too cool to watch NXT. He thinks it's lame and full of losers, <laughs> and only idiots watch it. Like you and Laurie. Exactly, which is why me and Laurie are going to be here to do that. Thank you for all of your emails that you've sent in specifically for that podcast, though, um, with jokes that only for me and Laurie to answer. Because Does that happen? Yeah, yeah, people email them with like brackets like, this is for the NXT review. It's like its own little mini universe. What? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I didn't know this. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the NXT review and then back on Saturday for the magazine show. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.